This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same, helping you build the ultimate Dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'll be back here dancing, Jay. Good morning, good people. It is Tuesday, January 25th, 2022. Wake up with Ray G. How y'all doing? Comments already popping. David, Tyler, Robert, Desi, David, Xavier, Ricardo, Patrick, Zachary, Chris. Good morning to you all. We are excited because we're back to what we do. Talking about prospects, talking about college players, talking about these young guys in Dynasty Fantasy Football. We are going to take a look at one, Mel Kuyper's most recent mock draft. Jay is going to uh, give us some updates. If he, he released a big board, so we'll kind of talk through that. But I'm excited for the show today, excited to be joined by all you good people. Jay Rich, how you doing, big dog? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, it's mock time. Mock Monday got switched to a Tuesday because those games, man, we just had to talk about it. But we're here. We're here to talk the mock, the young guys, the landing spots, the spots we like, some real good ones. But based on some of this news, man, there may be some changes in how I feel about things. I don't know if you want me to run through the news now or, you know, we could just talk about it. But there's some interesting little tidbits going on in the NFL right now. First of all. You look good this morning. You look, you Thank look, you. your picture quality Appreciate is clear. I don't know. My, you look good. You're, you're out doing me this morning. You look good. I like the black look. Uh, you look good, man. I just want to say that. You look, you look, you look, you look very nice today. Um, Thank you. Appreciate Thank that. You. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just uh, how many times, what, what is this? Jay, how many times does Ray have to tell you to count that money, man? After I get done yelling at his ass for saying ridiculous <laughs> things, we got to, we got to say who, uh, count that money and and David G. If you are uh, a member of the services, I'm not sure, man. We appreciate it. All, shout out to all the all the all the military people out there, man. We uh, we hurt. appreciate what you do for this great country, Jay. You don't live here, uh, so you can't partake in, in the goodness of the USA. But y'all baby. keep me safe. Trust me. That proximity, it ain't it ain't half bad. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's, right. some, there's some good and bad with the proximity, <laughs> but it ain't half bad. Let well, me tell ahead, you. So man, I appreciate through, the service, man and women's. Run through the so, news. The biggest news from yesterday was Tom Brady talking on his Let's Go podcast. 
basically saying, you know, he's not sure whether he's going to retire. He's going to take some time away from football. Giselle's tired of seeing him get hit. He's got to be a better husband, a better father, saying all the right things. He's Tom Brady. It's what he's going to do. Right. I still think he's going to be back, but, you know, he's saying all the right things. People are getting concerned, of course. You know, we talked about how Bruce Arians doesn't want to go through a rebuild. He said yesterday, we are going to be reloading. We will not be rebuilding. You know, Bruce mm. Arians, he's old. He doesn't want to do a rebuild. I get it. I get it, Bruce. You're saying the right things, but without Tom Brady, your team is your team sucks. You know, yeah. we, we've seen your team without Tom Brady, and it ain't very good. doesn't matter if Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are there. The team ain't very good. Now, the Packers captains, leadership, you know, whatever it is, this amalgamation of people, they're unified because they want – Aaron Rodgers back and you know if I was a Packer of any sort I would want Aaron Rodgers back too so I'm not really sure why this is news but someone felt the need to publicly put out a statement saying that the Packers want Aaron Rodgers back I mean I think we all know that but again this is just what's coming across the wire but the biggest news as far as I'm concerned because it actually pertains to football being played on the field is Sean McVay was talking about how Andrew Whitworth and safety Taylor Rapp are projected to be back this week for the 49ers or against the 49ers. This is pretty big news. You know, the, the left tackle who's been playing in replace of Whitworth has been playing very well. I, I don't recall exactly what his name is. But to get that stalwart cornerstone left tackle back for Matthew Stafford is a big deal. It, it is going to be a big deal to have that lockdown all year long. You know, to have Whitworth back, he's a very important component of that offense. And Taylor Rapp one of the best safeties on that team and we know how badly they've been struggling to the point where they brought a man out of retirement to play safety now Weddle looked good don't get me wrong he looked good and he was banging people out there but to get taylor rap that'll be a big deal and i think that'll be a big boost to that defense against the 49ers on sunday yeah man it's um it's crazy that we're this far along in the coach firing process and we've had no coaching hires to this point, and and maybe this we're is waiting for Dabble though. Well, I, I that know, was the other piece of news, I, I right? Dabble was the one that I know it's maybe. par for the course. Maybe it's par for the course, but I'm just saying. Right now, there are seven head coaching vacancies, and yes, I know uh, Brian Brian Dable is 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 on the uh, the top of the list for about five teams, but the Bears. Yeah. I think they're down to their final interview. I, th- I think it's uh, Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, and Jim or. Dan Quinn and Jim Caldwell in Chicago. And then I know Dan Quinn is a finalist in Denver with Nathaniel Hackett yeah. and somebody else. Um, no news on the Raiders front. I think they still are targeting Jim Harbaugh yeah, to a certain know. degree. Uh, we still haven't heard anything out of Miami with their head coach. Nothing. Nothing out of Houston, what they plan to do. Well, Houston said they want to hire Josh McDaniel, not Josh McDaniels, Josh McCown as their head coach. Oh. But th- you didn't hear that. Yeah. They said that the reports are they really want to hire Josh McCown, but they want another team to interview him first to give their hiring of a coach with no head coaching experience more legitimacy. I bullshit you not. This is the that's the narrative out of Houston. Um, Who uh, Sean Payton? No, we talked about that. No guarantee. Uh, He comes back to New Orleans. I actually think. There, there's there's rumor mills. So you know Sean Payton was with the Dallas Cowboys before he went to New Orleans. And there's there's rumors that Dallas wants Sean Payton. I I, I bet. Have you seen him there? My boy has seen him at uh, training facilities in Southlake. Really? Because he, he, lives in, he lives in Dallas. Yeah, like qu- quite a bit. You know, like he, he's yeah. out there. I think his son plays baseball out there. So he's like he's seen him at the gyms and stuff. Sean Payton's out there in Dallas. That's why all those rumors are always flooding because Sean Payton's out there a lot. Yeah. But I still think he's a New Orleans man through and through. Like, I think he's going to stay personally. But there it's, are, you know, the reports and, and 
and uh, Gail ben- Gail Benson or whatever the owner is like, oh, we don't know what's happening with Sean Payton. Well, I don't, I don't care. But, Who, I don't care about that. No, that's, it doesn't that's, matter. That's about that. irrelevant at this point. I'm just I'm going through the fact that no no coach has been hired yet. New York Giants, yeah. no coach. Um, I don't know, man. This is uh, it's going to be interesting to see. We're probably going to see a lot of first time head coaches uh, get a shot at 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 at, at the head spot. Um, and we know Ben McAdoo's hired as the uh, OC in Carolina. Yes. I don't know how people feel about that. It's just, and for me, as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, I, I don't think he's coming back, man. I, I just don't. I, I thought it all along. I was like, he's not leaving. But the way that they left, their cap situation, um, it just does not look likely that Rodgers is going to come back. They probably need a clean break. And, yes, I saw somebody talking about Jordan Love in the comments. He's probably not the guy moving forward. But we'll see how it all plays out. Mel Kuyper, Jay. We got a Mel Kuyper mock. Hey, and real quick, while I got all y'all here, tomorrow is the uh, mock draft. Uh, not mock draft. Tomorrow is the shit. My days are all messed up. Q&A. So make sure you go to uh, underscore wake up TV, DM, uh, tweet questions so we can talk about them on the show tomorrow. Q&A Wednesday. We engage with y'all. The show is all about y'all. We're just answering questions. Dynasty, regular football, life, stock market, NASDAQ is taking a dump. It's probably going to be down again today. Uh, whatever y'all yep. want to talk about, make sure uh, y'all hit us up on the Twitter account so we can get your questions answered. But Mel Kuyper dropped a, dropped a mock draft last week, and we need to go through these landing spots, see how these players fit, what it looks like. And, Jay, you've got the big board movements because he did make a slight tweak um, to his big board. And once we get to those players, uh, let us know. But let's let's do this exercise. This is fun stuff. And let's talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars at 101. They go with Aiden Hutchinson, according to Mel Kuyper. So uh, you Jacksonville fans out there, you guys get a stud pass rusher, rusher in the Michigan defensive end, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Would I take him over Kayvon Thibodeau? Personally, I still think Kayvon Thibodeau is the best pure pass rusher in this class. Uh, I think he's got all the tools to be an elite edge rusher in this league. I think Hutchinson may be a more complete defensive end, um, high motor guy. It's real easy to make them white comparisons to J.J. Watt and Nick Bosa. I ain't going to do that. Hutchinson's motor is uh, crazy. I mean, you just see him running down plays. He looked a little lost in that semifinal matchup in the college football playoffs uh, against Georgia, but neither here nor there. He's an absolute stud. I love Kayvon Thibodeau, and I think the Detroit Lions, who pick him up at 102, um, that's a great, great landing spot uh, for him. Dan Quinn gets an edge rusher to help put pressure on Kirk Cousins, help get after Justin Fields in that division and whomever the quarterback is for Green Bay. So those two edge rushers come off of the board, 101-102. We talk about it, Jay. If you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. But this year, I don't think there's any quarterback prospect deserving of the number one overall pick or number two overall pick. It's a weird thing, you know, maybe maybe what Detroit is doing is truly embracing the tank, and they're saying, we know that Goff can get us through another year, or we can find a quarterback in round two and hopefully develop said quarterback, but we're not going to pass on the elite pass rusher here um, in, 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 in an effort to reach for a quarterback in the top two. Ideally, it would be nice for both of these teams to move down a little bit, acquire some draft capital, and uh, see how that shakes out, but 101-102, off of the board, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, and the Houston Texans, they bypass quarterback as well. And this is this is what I want to talk about for a quick second. Quick second. Davis Mills. 
Nobody was really high on him coming out of Stanford, right? Not really. Got third-round draft capital, I believe. I think it was a third-round pick last year, third or fourth-round yep. pick. Um, not bad. Not day-two pick for quarterback. Highly touted recruit out of high school. Five-star kid. Went to Stanford. We know he's smart. Played well last year. Uh, and I'm not saying he's some franchise changer, but do you believe in the Davis Mills hype? Do you think he can be a starting quarterback for an extended period of time in the NFL? And do you think this is the right move for Houston to bypass a Kenny Pickett, a Matt Corral, Malik Willis, whomever it may be, to roll with uh, Davis Mills in 2022? I, for one, think he deserves a shot at the starting quarterback gig in 2022. Yeah, man, I think you're right. Uh, that's where, for me, I also believe with Houston and kind of like Detroit's the same thing. I think they need a lot more than just a quarterback, you know, and I, and I think that's the smart move. You don't necessarily want to get your quarterback too early either. Yes, if you hit on a quarterback, it's great, but they're still many pieces away, right? And, and that's my only problem with what they got going on in Houston. They need a lot of guys there. And like you said, there's no, there's no real big-time franchise quarterbacks. And to be honest, it's a bad time to have a high draft pick where you aren't necessarily looking for a quarterback because there's no one who wants to trade up. So there's no one trying to trade into the top five right now. And we probably don't see any trades. And it's going to be kind of a boring draft. But Houston's got to do what they got to do. And I think that Davis Mills is good enough. And I don't think that any of these quarterbacks are so yeah. good that you bypass yeah. another position, right? Yeah. That gap between Davis Mills and whatever you think, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, Sam Howell, whoever these quarterbacks are, it's not large enough to where you take Davis Mills' success and you bypass it for someone else to ultimately who could fail even worse than Davis Mills in the same spot. So I think it's a good decision to roll with Davis Mills and protect him because that's what he needs it for to be better in this offense, right? Dude, that double espresso when it gets cold is no bueno. No bueno. Got to drink that bitch. Warm and hot. Um, What are you giving up for him in Dynasty? I've got Davis Mills a lot of places, and people are sending like third rounders, yeah, second rounders. Like if you have them, what's the lowest – draft pick let's just talk draft capital you would be comfortable trading davis mills for people think i'm crazy i'm not moving him for less than a first round pick i don't care that's it, tough it, though it could because... be the 110 to 111 i'm not trading a starting in super flex let's talk super yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not moving him for less than a first i don't care do you see how bad the quarterback landscape is and if we're being completely and totally honest with ourselves the back half of last season this past season, Davis Mills was better than every rookie quarterback in the NFL. He's better than Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Trey Lance didn't play. Davis Mills was the best quarterback the be second half of the season than any other quarterback in the NFL, any other rookie quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. If you don't give me a first-round pick, I'm not trading him. I'm not saying I need multiple firsts. I'm not saying I need the 101 or 102. But if everybody is saying Davis Mills would be the best quarterback in 2022 had he returned for a senior season, there's no way I'm moving Davis Mills for a third or second-round pick. It's not happening, bro. I don't care. I'm holding him. You're going to give me 110, 111. I don't care if it's 112. I'm not moving him for a second or third. Period. So I would consider a high second, but I think it would have no. to be to get a guy that I really want. No. And so I would ask you is like, would you accept, you know, one of these lower tier wide receivers for Davis Mills? Sounds like the answer is no. The thing for me, <laughs> the Wrong. thing for me with Davis Mills, and it's when we actually dove into his metrics is how quick his release is. And that's why he was so successful. And that's not going anywhere. The biggest problem with all these rookie quarterbacks is that they hold the ball too long. 
Davis Mills has already shown he's not going to do that. So if you improve the roster around him, he should continue to get better. And I don't know if he, but the thing is, is that how much more is he going to be worth after this season? Can he get more value? Potentially, but I don't know how much more value because I think we, we all know that we don't fully know exactly what his value could be over the long term. And that's why he's maybe not worth much more than a first. All right. I think it's a lot to ask personally. I don't give but, a shit. I'm, I'm asking for it. I don't care. I'm not giving you a set. I'm, no, I'll, I'll hold it. That's fine. He didn't cost me anything. At one point, and I see we got a Jacksonville Jaguars fan in the building, and he's actually a new member of the squad, a patron, David. I remember a time where Jake Luton was named the starting quarterback for Jacksonville, and people in a pinch were trading second-round picks for Jake Luton. I'm not trading Davis Mills for, for less than a first. I don't care. If I, if I have to hold him and he turns into Minshew, whatever. There was a time this year where Minshew was getting fetching third-round picks and second-round picks when he had to start a week and people were in a quarterback bind. So I'm not doing it. All right. At the four spot, the Jets take a safety at number four in Mel's mock. Woof. I love Kyle Hamilton. I, I, I can't do it. Like, I, I love him. I can't do it. And just a part of me, as much as I love Kyle Hamilton – these enormous safeties like him, 6'3", 6'4", 220, 225. I remember a world. I'm old school, Jay, and I know you were a young lad at this point in time, so you have no clue who I'm talking about. But one of the top high school recruits, Darnell Bing out of Long Beach Poly, 6'3", 6'4", safety. Irrelevant. Taylor Mays, 6'3", 6'4", safety. They move him to linebacker. We see this Isaiah Simmons. He played better this year. There's just some fear that at one at some point they just drop him down to like some hybrid nickelback linebacker. I'm not paying the 104. Um, for well, Kyle you look Hamilton. at like even how they get that how they get here before they had Jamal Adams, right? Yeah. Ultimately, they were lucky enough to flip him because he is just he's a box safety. And I just, they're basically I, I'm not the taking, same guy. I'm not taking a safety there at four. I'm good. Um, I love this pick by the Giants. Um, Iguanu, the offensive tackle out of North Carolina State. A lot of people have him as, as O-line one, O-tackle one. He's going to play tackle. He's going to play guard. Uh, this is a good pick by the Giants. Uh, give some protection to whomever that quarterback is going to be. I like it. I like it a lot. Carolina Panthers, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Um, I have not I, I have not delved or dove into offensive line like that, but a lot of people have told me that's too high to take Charles Cross. But that's par for the course for the Carolina Panthers. So got to protect Sam Darnold, your franchise investment. I don't blame it. This one is a head scratcher. David Ajabo at seven to the Giants. No, thank you. I think this is Taco Charlton Trap 2.0. Really? I do. I think a lot of his production was due to the fact that he played opposite Aiden Hutchinson. I've seen him get absolutely wrecked in the run game. It, it just reminds me of Taco Charlton 2.0. To go at seven overall, this would be a catastrophic blunder by the Giants. With with the other players on the board, there's no way I'm taking David Ajabo at, at 107. Derek Stingley Jr., 108. Controversial player right now. A lot of people not as high on Derek Stingley Jr. I think he's got all the talent. Uh, you know me. I've got an affinity towards the cornerback position. That's what I played. Um, I don't know if he's better than Andrew Booth. I really don't. I think Andrew Booth is the best pure corner in this class. Derek Stingley is getting propelled a little bit by that LSU bias. I think he's fluid. Yep. I think he's got the skills. Dude won zero part of the run game. I know he was hurt this past season, but 
like the freshman season tape was outstanding. Sophomore and part of this junior year, I'm a little worried. And I know our man Thor Nystrom was like, I do not believe he's going to be, what, the top one or two corner off the board. He would take yeah. Sauce Gardner. I think he would take Andrew Booth over him. Atlanta going Stingley here. I mean, at eight, I don't know, man. They got A.J. Terrell. I don't know about this one for the Atlanta Falcons. I think Denver would hit a home run at 109 going with N'Kobe Dean, that linebacker from Georgia. I'm seeing his range all over the place. Daniel Jeremiah uh, from NFL Network had him mocked at 24 to Dallas in his first mock draft. If the Cowboys get N'Kobe Dean pairing him with Micah Parsons, that is a position of need for the Dallas Cowboys. So I would love that for Dallas. And if it is Dan, if it is Dean and Dan Quinn gets that job, oh man, like him Oof. with that defense with Sertan with that defensive front, that would be an awesome get for the Denver Broncos. I, I love it. Um, somebody said he will be cl- Ojabo will be closer to T.J. Watt than Tarko Charlton. I'll take a bet on that, Alex. Uh, I don't care about his character. I'm sorry. Uh, I-, I could care less about his character. About his character. I mean, let me not say that. It matters to a certain degree. But, yeah, that's not going to be the reason why I'm going to compare him to T.J. Watt, nor would I take him at 107 because he has high character uh, pass. All right, at 110, the Jets double back. Drizzy Drake London. I'm seeing more and more Drake London as wide receiver one off of the board. I love him. I don't know if I'd go that far, Jay. But if Drake – I'm seeing a lot of mocks with the Jets going pass catcher. If the Jets go pass catcher – what does this do for Elijah Moore? Because if they go Drake London at 110, um, dude, listen, man, you ain't got to agree, bro. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you, I don't like him at seven. I don't think he's anything like TJ Watt. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. There it is. Like, we're good, baby. Like, agree to disagree. Uh, Drake London in New York. What are you um, What are you doing with Elijah Moore if they go Garrett Wilson or Drake London in the top 10? Oh, I'm still buying, man. Yeah, I've told you from the beginning, I think there's one thing about Elijah Moore that people need to understand is that he can play anywhere. And whether you want to put Garrett Wilson outside, whether you want to put Drake London outside, he's still going to be just fine, baby. He's still going to get his targets. He's still going to get his work. And more importantly, I think this just raises the stock of Zach Wilson. If you raise the stock of Zach Wilson, you raise the confidence of Zach Wilson, that's going to rise all boats in that tide, baby. And And that's where for me, like, Elijah Moore is just so talented. I think it just comes down to is that where do you want to fit him in best into that offense? If it means beside Drake London, if it means beside Garrett Wilson, he's going to thrive. He can be Jackson Smith and Jigba to Garrett Wilson. He can be, you know, Amamara St. Brown to Drake London. And so to me, that's where I'm not concerned who they bring in because I know that his role is going to be to fit in and complement whoever that outside wide receiver is. Well, I think um, I think you're right. Now, I, my, I'm talking with my man Matt Kelly, the Podfather, in a couple of hours, and I saw him tweet out Braxton Berrios could be next oh, year's no. <laughs> Hunter Renfro. What are you thinking? What do you do? You think so? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, I like Berrios. He, he's I, I okay. Here's the thing. I like Berrios, man. I, like I, I don't know Berrios. if he's Hunter Renfro, but I like Berrios. He's a, a great. He's a great story. You know, he's when he shows up in fantasy, it's great. Everyone loves it. But he can just he can just go away, you know. He doesn't need okay. to get his. He, he can he can go to Houston. He can thrive, you know, on a bad team. But just let Elijah Moore do his thing. Let Zach Wilson throw to his new pass catchers. 
Braxton Burrios can happily just go do his thing somewhere else, as far as I'm concerned. He can go be Hunter Renfro 2.0 on Houston or any other roster but the Jets. And but I'm man. fine with the comparison. You know, he's 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 a white wide receiver. He's crafty. He's good. He's scrappy at times. Mm -hmm. But I like them. You know, we're all just right. personifying right, him next, a little bit, having a little pick. fun. But he's all right. good. Come on, Matt. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Next pick. All right. My man Alex said, I've been upset. I've been I'm on edge because the Dallas Cowboys lost early. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, this one is the controversial. This is sneaky athletic. Everyone's agreeing with, yeah, the sneaky athletic comp. for Bra No, Braxton Berrios is just straight athletic. He's actually fast. He's, he's, he's pretty good. League winner, Braxton. Shit, he did win leagues. This one is interesting. Um, I think he's going to be the most divisive player in this draft class, hands down. Uh, Malik Willis at 111 of the Washington football team. Um <sighs> I'm seeing a, th this is this is my only issue. What I'm seeing permeate across the the atmosphere is don't forget that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen were also two extremely talented quarterbacks that were unpolished that needed some time to develop. So don't pass on Malik Willis and I guess the comp comparison that they're making is if you pass on Malik Willis, look what happens if you would have passed on Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I I get the sentiment. I just don't think he's in that category, and I could be wrong. I, I I've been saying it. I think he's got some of the best raw natural talent. Malik Willis, arm strength, athleticism. Uh, if it if it can all get packaged up right and and honed and molded, I think he can be awesome. But if one of those things doesn't happen, I just think the margin for error is so small. For Willis. Um, at 111, I think the Washington football team, they need a quarterback. So I'm, yeah, they need a quarterback. Whichever one, I, I've been saying it in, in our Discord. I think this QB class, you're going to get one or two really good ones. I have no clue who it is. Like every day, I'm like, is it Carson Strong? Is it Sam Howell? Is it Matt Corral? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it Malik Willis? I don't know. I don't know. And I, and I think what we're going to see as a community, everybody in the stream, everybody watching, I don't think there will be any consensus on the top five quarterbacks until April 28th, April 29th, whenever the night of the, the, the draft is. And it may spill into day two. I'm seeing Willis yeah. as high as 11, as low as like second round. I don't know, man. I, I, I honestly, I see the, I see the God-given ability, right? But, and, I, and I'm not going to, I'm just talking talent, right? Jamarcus Russell had a huge arm. Jake Locker had an arm. Uh, EJ Manuel had an arm. I, I don't know. I want to like him. I want to fall in love with the intangibles and the skill set. I just know that the NFL misses so many times on these guys. We are awful at it. Like, if they can't get it right, God damn it, we're terrible at it. And I don't know, if Malik Willis goes 111, he's coming off the board early in your rookie drafts. And I just don't know. Oh, man. yeah. I, I just don't know. So that's just where I'm at with Malik Willis. Vikings get Sauce Gardner at the 12th spot. I love that pick for Minnesota. Um, you know, again, another team looking for a head coach. No head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Forgot about that one. Cleveland Browns nab Garrett Wilson at the 13th spot to get Baker Mayfield a wide receiver one. Listen, Baker was hurt a lot of this season, so I'm 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 trying to show grace and willing to give him some level of a pass for poor performance. Not all the way because a lot of it was the decision making, but it just 
That that offense needs to run through Nick Chubb. Jarvis Landry can't be your one. Donovan Peoples-Jones can't be your two. They, they need another pass-catching weapon. For fantasy, I don't like it. But, you know, NFL, they need a guy, right? So if I can have it my way, I'd rather like Chris Olave go there because I'm not really high on him in fantasy anyway. So then if he goes there, it satisfies a wide receiver need, and then I still don't have to take him. This would – I'm seeing Garrett Wilson and Traylon Burks mock to Cleveland. I just don't like it, man. I, I don't like it. Not a big fan. This pick, Mel Kuyper hits a home freaking run with these next two picks. Home run. The Baltimore Ravens at 14 take Tyler Lindenbaum, the center out of Iowa. Oh, great Nasty. for Lamar. Great for J.K. Dobbins. Great for Gus. That, that would be an awesome, awesome pick. Because um, unlike people who don't like, I I I I look at all the all the all the tape. I, I am diving into all positions. He's incredible. Like I'm seeing mocks where Linden Mom again slips to 25, and they've got like uh, Cincinnati pre them winning like around that. Yeah. If, if the Bengals and Joe Burrow got Linderbaum, Dallas would be stupid to pass on him if he fell to 24. To get him at 14, that's a home run pick for Baltimore. And I think this next pick from Philadelphia, Devin Lloyd, the inside linebacker out of Utah. Alex Singleton gets a lot of tackles. Philly needs a linebacker. They need somebody that can stop the run, play in space. If I were an Eagles fan, this would be an awesome pick, getting Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Now, this guy, I don't know much about him, being honest with you. Arnold Ebiki? Ebititi? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He plays defensive end out of Penn State, so I'm just going to assume that he's a freak athlete because <laughs> that's all they produce. I don't care what position you are, wherever you play, their strength and conditioning program is like none other. So I'm just going to assume if Mel Kuyper's got him mocked inside the top 20, he's probably pretty damn good. So I don't know who he is. Um, Alex said he hates him that high. Um, and I'm with you, Alex. I Somebody did a study that Philadelphia hasn't taken a linebacker in round one in like decades like they just don't take linebackers right they just do not yeah. take linebackers it would be a great pick but i'm with alex i don't know i don't know if they take a linebacker just historically they haven't done it and i don't know much about this dn so i've gotta i've gotta look into it um and uh william says as a ravens fan i love linderbaum but would be out of character to telegraph that pick by not re-signing bozeman okay all right we're just going off of mel's mock but um it's he said it's a well-known thing yeah so at 17, the Los Angeles Chargers get the mountain of a defensive tackle, Jordan Davis, out of Georgia. Oof. They had one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So it yep. makes sense to try to get somebody to clog up the clog up the middle, if not the worst. I know it was one of the worst run defenses. I think it was the worst. Okay, it was the, it was it was the worst. Yeah. It was like right. 5.6 yards per carry. We targeted them every single week when we were talking about betting. Yeah, every, every week. single week, every single week. All right, now let's get spicy. Let's get spicy. Two picks that are kind of uh, interesting. New Orleans Saints go Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pitt. So Malik Willis, QB1 according to Mel. QB2, Kenny Pickett going to the New Orleans Saints, learning from, playing behind in conjunction with Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston. Not sure what the long-term future of Sean Payton is, but Kenny Pickett lands in New Orleans. Michael Thomas, assuming he's back. Uh, the tight end, Adam Troutman. Alvin Kamara, maybe they invest in another pass catcher later on in the draft. Kenny Pickett to New Orleans and Chris Olave to Philadelphia at 19. 
I do think the Eagles need another wide receiver opposite Devontae Smith. The fact that he almost had 1,000 yards in that offense, insane. Uh, Olave, they're going to throw the ball 25 times a game. So Goddard, Olave, Quez, Smitty, um, we'll see how that plays out. What are your thoughts on Kenny Pickett in New Orleans and Olave in Philadelphia? Uh, I like it a lot, actually, for Pickett. Uh, it's important to note that Jameis is a free agent, right? So he tore his ACL, but he is a free agent because he only signed a one-year deal this year. Um, so it's really just Taysom and then whoever they choose to bring in a quarterback. Maybe they draft somebody. Maybe they don't. Maybe they find a free agent. But like you mentioned, there is some uncertainty around Sean Payton. I think he will be there. And if Sean Payton is there, I would be really excited to see Kenny Pickett because we see the way he's built offenses around great quarterbacks before. Jameis Winston looked pretty good in New Orleans. Drew Brees, obviously Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Sean Payton did not make him better, but certainly built an offense that was very conducive to what he can do well. I think he'll do the same thing with Kenny Pickett. They do have great players there. Alave, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it's one of your spots that you just hope Alave goes there because you don't want someone you really like to go there, right? And he would be fine there. I think he would thrive as far as being a good wide receiver in the offense. But for fantasy, the volume's just not going to be there. Yeah, It's Goddard, it's Smitty, and, you know, potentially even some of the running backs getting involved. Jalen Hurts is still running it like 10 times a game. It's just not a great spot for wide receivers right now. Well, Pickett, I think it's a good spot because I think he wouldn't be rushed to start. And it's all assuming yeah. Jameis Winston's um, ACL recovery. I mean, I I'm assuming when he got hurt, should be ready for week one. October. So he should be ready for week one. Should be. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't, we don't know the medicals and things like that. Play his quarterback, I, right? So shouldn't yeah. be too bad for him to recover think, and come back. I think it would be a good spot for what, any quarterback to learn because we know that Jameis isn't going to be the future. So if New Orleans does invest in any of the quarterbacks, it's a good situation to where they can learn, man. And there's nothing wrong with sitting back and watching a veteran operate. I think it's going to serve Trey Lance well. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes didn't play, I think, until the final two games of his rookie season, and we know how that served him well. And I think some of these rookie quarterbacks this year could have benefited from just kind of watching a veteran operate. Um, not everybody is Herbert and Burrow and can come in right away and play. So I would like any of the quarterbacks to land in New Orleans, especially if Sean Payton is there. Pittsburgh, you get a guy. And you get a guy that I think fits this offense quite well. You get an aggressive quarterback that has mobility that can sort of make up for some of the bad offensive line play. And we know you can kind of buy offensive line, rebuild that in the offseason. But the Pittsburgh Steelers going Matt Corral at 20. Um, I love it, right? I, I For me, oh my Matt Corral is still my top-rated quarterback in the class. I know um, some people have, I guess, soured on him. I don't really know why. Maybe the injury. Um, I, I still think he's – I still think – what he brings to the table, especially when you're talking about fantasy. And I know there are a couple of other dual-threat quarterbacks. Uh, his progression from last season to this season, his decision-making, one thing that I need Matt Corral to do is not play hero ball. Get down, yeah. protect your body. He's a physical player. He's a, he's a fiery guy. Um, somebody that's going to come in, I think, be somebody that galvanizes a team. But at six foot, 200 pounds, he can't run through NFL defensive, defensive backs and linebackers like he was trying to do in the SEC. He's got to learn to get down and protect his body. Um, he just kind of plays reckless. So uh, I would hope that, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin and whoever the off new offensive coordinator may be, because I don't know if it's going to be Matt Canada, can just tell him, get down, protect your body. You're not a very big guy, so you don't need to take those hits. But I think that would be good for all players involved. Matt Corral in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
And Mac Jones gets a guy. Mac Jones gets a guy um, from the the medical people that I kind of follow. They say that this guy, uh, Jamison Williams, should be back midseason next year. So probably not training camp, probably not around at the beginning of the season. But the New England Patriots, they need some speed. That offense is slow, and they have nobody that – there was an interview – some team was talking about it, and they said that the defensive coordinator, when they went in to face uh, New England, they were like, "There's nobody. We're there's nobody on the outside that scares us. Get in their faces, pressure him, yeah. and we're going to send blitzes at Mac Jones because there's nobody on that defense that threatens us down the field that we need to be scared about that we need to game plan for. Think about what's going and 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 just to and I know this is the extreme example." But think about what's going through Kansas City's head right now. The defensive coordinator of Kansas City, Steve Spagnola. Man, I got to stop Jamar Chase. And then we got to worry about T. Higgins. And then, oh my God, you know, Tyler Boyd in the slot, CJ Uzama at tight end. And oh yeah, Joe Mixon out of the backfield. When you go face New England, uh, we got to stop Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Hunter Henry. And John o. Smith is irrelevant. Like there's nobody that strikes fear. If I were a defensive player, I would not care. Like, whatever. Man up. Let's let's yeah. just go get it. Let's go get it. They need some speed. So I like the JML pick. Uh, maybe there will be some other wide receivers that fall down here. I don't believe Traylon has come off the board yet. We have not talked about Traylon Burks. Um, maybe that would be a better pick than Jamison Williams if he's on the board. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. If I had my choice, if I'm New England, uh, but this is what New England does. They, they have not had a good history of drafting wide receivers, but they do, no, they need, do, play, they do need playmakers uh, for, for Mac Jones. But I do like Jamison Williams in the fit in New England to help Mac Jones uh, elevate that offense. My cornerback won Andrew Booth Jr. to Vegas. Love it. Their pass catching, their secondary was decimated by stupidity and poor play. Uh, you've got people waving guns, threatening to kill folks. Uh, you got players that aren't good. Like they, they need some secondary help. They need linebacker help. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders need a lot. And I think Andrew Booth would be a uh, – they go back to the Clemson cornerback well. Uh, Trayvon Mullen was one of their picks a couple of years ago. Uh, we know Mike Mayock is out. We have no clue who the head coach is going to be. But I like Andrew Booth a lot. He is my cornerback one in this class. He's physical in the run game. And the ball skills are incredible, man. I think people are really sleeping on Andrew Booth. So falling to 22, I think that's a steal uh, for the Raiders. All right. Uh, the defensive end out of Purdue, I can't pronounce his last name. Karloffis, George. Uh, I, I, I was watching him when I was watching Kyron Williams in Notre Dame. Kyron Williams got with him a couple of times, and I was really impressed. And I was like, this is the guy that people are saying is going to be top 10. And I know that's just one game, a couple of plays. But Arizona going defensive end? I don't know. Um, he's a big yeah. dude, man. Arizona's been investing a lot in their defensive side of the ball. Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, and they go back to the defensive well here. May need to start looking at trying to get some playmakers around Kyler Murray. I know Christian Kirk is a free agent. DeAndre Hopkins getting up there in age. Rondell Moore may not be the guy that we thought he could be in Arizona. So we'll see how that plays out for the Cardinals. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I don't like this pick at all. I, I, I don't like it. I love the player. In my opinion, this is not a position in need, immediate need for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Trayvon Walker, the defensive end out of Georgia. Talent-wise, I think he's a top 15 talent-wise uh, player. 
They need tremendous help on the offensive line. They need a linebacker because I don't yeah. know if Leighton Vander Esch is going to be back. Micah Parsons isn't a traditional linebacker, run-stuffing linebacker. This is my opinion. This is a this is a luxury pick, and the Cowboys aren't in luxury mode. Um, I know they've got some decisions to make with Randy Gregory, Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, Leighton Vander Esch. Bring back Randy Gregory. Keep Demarcus Lawrence. Don't draft a defensive end. Invest in the offensive line. Like this is um, this this I don't like this pick at all. Like I I think this is a bad pick by Dallas. And um, the one thing I can say about Dallas and Will McClay is they've done a pretty good job in the draft outside of drafting Zeke in the four spot over Jalen Ramsey, which that still chaps my ass to this day. Um, just don't like this defensive end. Don't like the pick. Love the player. Don't like the pick and fit for the Dallas Cowboys. Cincinnati Bengals doing it right. They saw nine sacks against Tennessee. Let's get some offensive line help for Joe Shiesty. And they go Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. Big, powerful offensive lineman. Um, if you just look at his highlights, he just looks like a mauler. And we saw Jonah Williams getting wrecked by Jeffrey Simmons. And I know he's an all-pro player. But they need to invest in that offensive line. And if they hit on any of these offensive linemen, it makes the pick to take Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell look even oh, yeah. more genius. Because now you got Chase, you double back with an offensive lineman after you've damn near made the Super Bowl in your second year of Joe Burrow. Um, this would be off. This would be awesome. Yeah, man. We all wanted doubt. Dow- Jalen Ramsey thought he was going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Dallas legitimately could have had Jalen Ramsey and Derrick Henry, but instead we went. Ezekiel Elliott and Jalen Smith. So don't bring up um, those bad vibes. This is something we've been talking about, Jay, with the Dolphins, and we're seeing the Jalen Waddle dynasty value hype go crazy, right? Miami's yep. probably going to take a wide receiver. And right here, Mel has him going Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver out of Penn State. I like Dotson. And I think, and I've been saying it, uh, we'll, we'll get to, I'll get to see him live in person next week down in the Senior Bowl. I think after those one-on-one individual drills, wide receiver cornerback matchups, Jahan Dotson is going to be the hot wave coming out of Mobile. I think he's absolutely he's going to terrorize the cornerbacks on both squads, his own team and the opposing team. He's going to look incredible in one-on-one drills, and he's going to have that Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin type buzz yeah. coming out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, I, I think Jahan Dotson is a really talented wide receiver, and if he goes to Miami. We'll see how that plays out, but he's a separator. Does a lot of the same things that uh, Jalen Waddle does. You know, separate quick. Uh, uh, separation specialist is what I call him. Not the speed that Jalen Waddle has, but another consistent, reliable pass catcher for Tua Tagovailoa. Um, I, I like it. I like it for Miami. We'll see how it would play out with with Jalen Waddle. I still think the rapport and chemistry between Tua and Jalen Waddle would give him the heads up. Um, but I like the pick by Miami. The Buffalo Bills going defense with Trent McDuffie out of Washington. He's starting to become a hot name. I've seen him as high. Again, no consensus in this draft. I've seen him as high as top 15. Really? Coming here to Buffalo at 27. We know uh, Trey White tore his ACL. He'll be back next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, Trey White plays on Sunday. Who knows? Maybe they do a better job against that can They do. I mean, that's it. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So not having one of the best cornerbacks in the league – I don't know if he would have been able to run down Tyreek Hill, 
but it may have prevented some other things. So investing in that defense, and as I'm watching Buffalo, I wouldn't be shocked, dude, if they just went like straight defense. Like, you know what? Our offense is good. We got Josh Allen. We got Gabe Davis, the wide receiver one in Dynasty. We are just going to load up on defense a la Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers from a couple of years ago. All right, we get another quarterback off of the board, and we talked all that stuff about Detroit early, passing on a quarterback high. Sam Howell, the signal caller out of North Carolina, falls to Detroit at 28. What do you think about Howell? I like Howell? it, man. How, what do you think about Howell in Detroit? I like it. I, I like Howell. You, you know, I've been on record. Howell was a guy I was really into this season. I think it's a good fit, and I think that he can really do some great things in that offense. One of the biggest issues with Jared Goff is that he can't move. If you bring a quarterback in there who can move, he's got Amon Ross St. Brown, he's got DeAndre Swift, maybe Jamal Williams stays. It's just like another running back that can get it done. Maybe they bring in another another wide receiver in the second round, you know, double back. We see the first round quarterback, second round wide receiver pairings a lot because they're going to have the 202, right? They're going to have the 202. They can go wide receiver there. Maybe your boy Traylon still, still hanging around when 202 comes and then they have all these pieces in place. I think this is a great pick for the Detroit Lions. It's a little earlier than I was expecting. I figured Sam Howell's second-round pick guaranteed. But if these quarterbacks keep going up and they keep going up in some of these mock drafts, then maybe Sam Howell does sneak into the back of the first. And again, it gets you that fifth-year option too. That's another advantage of yeah. taking the quarterbacks late first over early second. So, so far we've got four, <clears throat> four quarterbacks in round one. Malik Willis off the board first. Kenny Pickett second. Uh, Matt Corral to Pittsburgh third. And now Sam Howell. So let's just real quick. Who's QB1? Willis in Washington, Pickett in New Orleans, Corral in Pittsburgh, or Sam Howell in Detroit? Who's QB1? It's Corral. Corral, by, I would say, a considerable margin for me. All right, QB2. I would put Pickett, number two. QB3. Sam Howell? Uh no, I'd probably give Willis Q- QB. Wow. Because I do the thing with Washington is that I do I do like the skill position players, right? We like Gibson, we like Terry McLaurin. We think they can bring in a second wide receiver, whether it's, you know, Dami Brown, whether it's Curtis Samuel. I think there's pieces in place there. You know, Detroit, as much as I like Sam Howell, is it a better landing spot and the lower draft capital? So it's like, when is he gonna play? Blah, blah, blah. It's it's interesting. You know, I, I like Sam Howell, but Ah, uh, Willis, I, I, man. I think it's so. It's so hard to put to put Willis anywhere, but I, I do I, think for sure it's it's Corral, clear one, pick it clear two, and then going from there. I would probably go just off of landing spot. I would say Corral, Howe, Pickett, Willis. That's just me. I'd go Sam. I'd okay. go. I'd go Corral, Howe, Pickett, Willis. Um, based off of those landing spots, I, I, I think this would be and what this would do. I think this would be good for DeAndre Swift. I think it would yep. be awesome for TJ Hawkinson. And you notice Detroit didn't take a wide receiver in round one. Good for Amon Ross St. Brown as well. Yeah. Um, I like it. And then it gives him an opportunity again. He's probably not asked to start right away. It's Jared Goff, but you know that leash would be short on oh, Jared yeah. Goff. And I don't think Malik Willis in Washington starts from day one. I think Taylor Heineke still goes into that into yeah. the offseason. As a starter, like all of these spots outside of Pittsburgh, there are bridge quarterbacks. Pittsburgh is the only spot <laughs> where I think if somebody gets drafted there, they're probably going to it's start over. from day one. They're probably going to start yeah. from day one. I love the pick of Sam Howell, the Detroit. Kansas City Chiefs go defensive line with Cameron Thomas. 
Uh, the defensive end out of San Diego State. I know nothing about him at all. Um, he had 11 and a half sacks and 27 tackles for a loss in 2021. Um, lined up next to Chris Jones. Anybody next to Chris Jones is probably going to be singled up, which will provide them opportunities. So if he's got the talent to go that high, if he's athletic, um, sure. I just don't know anything about uh, the San Diego State defensive end. Uh, not even going to play around with that, all right? Uh, Tampa Bay, DeMarvin Leal. Wow, I'm surprised he shocked and shocked he fell this low. Um, free agents for Tampa Bay, Ryan Jensen, Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis, Jason P.R. Paul said he doesn't even know if he's coming back. And Sue, man, 35 years old, and Dominican Sue. Yeah. Leal can play 3-4 scheme, 4-3 scheme. He's awesome out of Texas A&M. Watched a lot of that young man play. Very high motor, very good pick, uh, very good player. Does Tampa Bay need D-line? It seems like they need O-line, especially if they're bringing Tom Brady back. But um, we'll see. Mel, Mel Kuyper diving deep here um, with some of these players. At 31, the Tennessee Titans go Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington. Again, I, I don't. I know Trent McDuffie. I didn't know they had two guys. I didn't know they had two guys. So Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington. I know nothing about him, just being real. know nothing about him. And at 32, which this is off because Mel Kuyper had Tennessee and Green Bay in the Super yeah. Bowl, the Green Bay Packers took a tight end, Trey McBride, out of Colorado State. He's not my tight end one. I've got Trey McBride at tight end two. It's still Jalen Weidemeyer for me. He's big. He's fast. Uh, all of his analytical data profile, they they hit. He broke out early, commanded targets in that Texas A&M offense. I like Jalen Weidemeyer before that. Jay, some notable omissions that we did not hear in this draft. No Carson Strong. No yep. running backs. No yeah. Traylon Burks. Yep. This is I I I don't know what. I'm not here to talk about Mel. Mel's been doing it much longer than me and to a much higher success rate than I have. But I will promise you all, there is no way on God's green earth that Traylon Burks is going to fall out of the round one unless some catastrophic knock on wood news comes out. He doesn't want to play football. He goes to the combine. He fails, runs a 4-8. He's not falling out of the first round. That that, uh, th th There's no way. I'm not taking Jahan Dotson or Chris Olave over Traylon Burks. And that is where, listen, folks, that's where we're at with this 2022 class. There is, we're talking about the quarterbacks. Yo, there's no consensus anywhere. Who's anywhere. Like, at least last year, we kind of knew T-Law's going to be 101, right? The year before that or the, uh, two years before that, we knew uh, Chase Young was going to go high. We knew Joe Burrow was going to – it was just like, how high, right? We knew those guys were – it's all over the damn map right now. And as we progress through this draft season, there's going to be more information that comes out by way of Pro Day, by way of the NFL Combine. Uh, but Traylon Burks is not falling out of round one. There was a mock that I read last night where the first three running backs off of the board, they were all second-round pick. Matter of fact, it was the first running back off the board was Kenneth Walker, early second yeah. to the Jets. Isaiah Spiller, a few picks after him to Miami. And Brees Hall, the third running back off of the board to the Buffalo Bills, followed by, I believe it was Rashad White in the third to Atlanta, uh, Tyler Algier to Houston, Kyron Williams in the third to Arizona, 
and the last running back, I believe, was James Cook to Tampa Bay in the third-round pick. So real quick, because the running backs were in here, and we're going to take a look at Isaiah Spiller on Thursday, but if Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller, and Brees Hall are all second-round picks, and let's just play the hypothetical game. Kenneth Walker to the Jets, Isaiah Spiller to the Dolphins, Brees Hall to the Buffalo Bills. What would you rank those three running backs at, just off of landing spot? I think you have to go Brees Hall number one, just because of that clear talent gap. Um, you know, I'm considering I'd, I'd consider going after Kenneth Walker, but I don't know how much better he is than Michael Carter. You know, like I think that both those guys are pretty damn good running backs. I know that people are going to say, well, Kenneth Walker was way better in college, but it was only one season, right? Kenneth, or Michael Carter was good in college for three seasons, or at least for two seasons, where he was really, really good, and he showed well in the NFL already. But then you talk about Isaiah Spiller in Miami. I think it's a great fit. And I think that Miami is going to be a better offense than they were last year, especially running the ball, especially if they have Isaiah Spiller. But I just can't really pass up on that Buffalo Bills running back. You know, is Devin Singletary, is he the best running back we've ever seen? No, but he got better. Is Brees Hall better than him? I don't Is Brees know, Hall better than I, who? Devin Singletary? Than Devin Singletary. Yes. I think he probably is. Yes. But is he going to beat Come him on, out man. in camp, though? It, that, that, doesn't, that's, that doesn't matter, man. Like... I think Brees Hall is a clear one. Whoever clear comes one at, of those, my, of my, group. my thing with running back in camp, unless you're Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, I don't care about any of that. Like the, the at some point, the coaches will start to give the volume to the more talented player. Is is Brees Hall better than Devin Singletary? Unequivocally, yes. Is he better than Michael Carter? One thousand percent better than Michael Carter. So uh, uh, it, now, if you're at if you're asking me. Kenneth Walker and Michael Carter are a little bit closer to me than Brees yeah. Hall and Michael Carter. And I'm telling y'all right now, I don't know where this narrative has come from about Isaiah Spiller being slow. He's not. He's bigger than Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. He 100%. When you're talking about the things that matter to me in the running back position, vision, and that coincides with your footwork, footwork your feet, follow your eyes he's got the best feet in this class he is a better pass catcher than Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall I'm talking about versatility how they deploy him the hands Brees Hall can catch passes Isaiah Spiller the best feet in this class bar none this narrative that he's slow I don't get it the burst and acceleration we will see it is 100% there for Isaiah Spiller and he's going to enter the NFL at tw he's going to be drafted at 20 and play his first game at 21 years old. He is a running back coach's dream to mold and craft. I I think I'm just saying it, he and Brees Hall are the best two running backs in this class and yep. I'm a little bit higher on another running back than I am than um than Kenneth Walker. I am. I I like Walker. I think he's good. I don't think he's running back one or two or three in this class. That's just me based on just what I'm seeing on wax. Uh, this this Isaiah Spiller narrative is a little crazy, folks. It's a little crazy. It's just a tad bit wild. Um, and, and we're going to look at him on Thursday, and I'll let y'all make y'all own decision. But um, when I say stuff like that, I have no problem cashing that to the bank. I think he is going to be, if anybody is, you shouldn't be, but if people are sleeping on Isaiah Spiller, um, probably, probably not good. Um, and somebody said he's the slowest running back at AM. Yeah, because Devon A. Chain is the 11th fastest person in college football. One more time. 
100 meter dash, Devon A. Chain, 10.2 in the 100 meter dash. A first team, I think he was first or second team NCAA All American in the 100 meter dash, 10.2, 11th fastest time in the in NCAA, not NCAA football, track and field. So no shit Devon A-Chain can move. No shit Devon A-Chain, when he hits a crease, he's gone. He's 5'8", 185 pounds, and he runs a 10, 200-meter dash. Yeah, he's fast, man. Probably, like, he's the probably the fastest player in college football. He's the 11th fastest player in the NCAA in track and field. Devon A-Chain is a blazer. But Devon A. Chain is not going to be a featured back in the NFL. He's 5'8", 185 pounds. And all we know, he might go try to run in the Olympics because he truly has. And we use this word a lot, elite speed. He's got world-class speed. Dude is a dude is a phenom in track and field. But Mel Kuyper, uh, somebody said small calves. <laughs> I love y'all, man. Walt, I'm with you. Um, I don't care. Long speed for me is a luxury at the running back position. When most rushes in the NFL are between, I think, four and nine yards, I, I don't really – I mean, if you if you can CJ2K it and break it, Derrick Henry style, yeah. love it. It's a luxury, not a necessity. My three qualities that I look for when I'm scouting the running back, vision and footwork or coincide, contact balance, burst and acceleration. When you get the ball, can you hit the hole? Can you bounce off of tackles and not go down on first contact and not be James Cook? And can you see where the hell you're supposed to go and not run up your offensive lineman's back? Nothing worse than a running back who just runs directly in the back of their offensive lineman. They consistently miss holes. But we'll take a look at Isaiah Spiller tomorrow. Mel Kuyper. Uh, Jay, I don't really know what I think about this mock. I, I think Cody Carpentier's mock was a little funner it's to better. look into. Um, but this is what we'll do. We're going to look at these mock draft Monday. We have not done a true rookie draft mock in a while. And I want to do one next Monday, but I will not be here on Monday. I'll be in Mobile, so we will not have a show Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of next week. So make sure uh, you get your questions in uh, for tomorrow so we can answer them on the show. And then we'll let y'all know what the content is going to look like on, well, Thursday is Isaiah Spiller. And then we'll be back next Thursday. And I don't know what we're going to look at. We'll probably do a Senior Bowl recap what I saw, yeah. uh, the engagement with the good people. But we appreciate y'all tapping into the show today. Thank y'all for being here. Love everybody that taps into this show, man. We appreciate y'all. Thumbs up, subscribe, uh, check out the newsletter. It's free, and if you want to support, the link to Patreon is in the description. We will be back tomorrow to do Q&A. Q&A. Q&A tomorrow. Q&A tomorrow. All right, appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great day. We out. Peace.